0: You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall, talking some conference tournament action as we get ready for the postseason. You know, and also Bruce Marshall, myself, Paul Stone, will be back next week as we break down all four quadrants. We'll go by TV schedule. We'll go with, uh, uh, you know, the Thursday a.m eight-game quadrant, the Thursday p.m., eight-game quadrant, and then Friday, the same, as we give you opinions on all of of those games that are coming up in the first round of the first two full days of the NCAA tournament. Bruce, uh, uh, overall, though, maybe some stock up, stock down, some teams to fade, some teams to back as we enter this conference tournament action.
1: Yeah, and you you always want – one thing about, you know, the – uh, when we look at the mock brackets and everything and there's a tendency uh to think that you know one game here or, or there makes all the difference and that you know even though i i don't agree with all the mock brackets that i see i mean one game this week is still what about three percent of a team season so most of the body of work is already complete right Uh, And there really are only a few spots up for grabs. However, it's the mystery of those last few spots that is always kind of interesting here. And the bubble looks like it's a little bit crowded this season. And you've got some different interpretations of some teams and where they should be placed. Uh, You know, where do you fit? uh, do Do you give all these Big 12 teams the benefit of the doubt? How about a team like Vanderbilt that's playing really well lately? Um, with a lot of nice quality wins but that difference between quad one and quad two um, listen one one quick note on the NET this is why it's not the only thing that the selection committee looks at I mean as of uh, Saturday morning uh, West Virginia and Vanderbilt had the exact same records this season and West Virginia is was 59 spots ahead of Vanderbilt in the NET Uh, that's absurd um, and uh, Tennessee was still ranked number three in the NIT, NET after the nine losses, seven in the, in the uh, SEC. I know they have two wins over uh, the wins over Kansas and Alabama were big, but no, that, that shouldn't be the three teams. So it's not all the NET. They look at that, uh, and, but they weigh some other things as well. So there's a lot that the selection committee looks at when they come to their final decisions.
0: They do, but I'll add, Bruce, that uh, you know, multiple uh, committee members have told me they love the RPI now in ET, and so look, they don't. This just in, they don't follow college basketball as much as you do, who have been doing your own bracketology for a long, long time. Bruce, do you do more deserving or sort of a prediction for your bracketology that's now on uh, Vegas Insider?
1: Usually a prediction. Uh, but uh, you know, a mixture of both. But I project a little bit. Uh, for example, last week I I didn't put Arizona State in my field when a lot of people were at that point after they beat Arizona because I was projecting they weren't going to win either of those two games in L.A. against the uh, against the against USC and and UCLA, and they didn't. So I sort of projected. I, I I worked that into it. You know a little bit as well. Uh, but you know every year uh, you know the selection committee sort of does its own thing but they 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 weigh some other things yeah they look at this NET but it, it listen so one day a, a win over one team is a quad one win the next day it's a quad right. two win because these numbers change so it's there's some inanity about the NET and they'll they'll admit that too uh, they use the NET but uh, they've got some other things strength the schedule and other things that they look at as well but yeah NET, it's it's definitely. Uh, A a big tool. I I
0: don't know if they admit how much they use it. Um, From your recollection, how many teams below NET, a 35 or better NET, get left out?
1: Rarely. Okay. Rarely.
0: How many Uh, teams 51 or, I'd say 55 or above, get in? 55 or, 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 or
1: worse. 55 or worse. Not impossible, uh, but it's it's happened. I mean, I think we've seen a team as low as seventy-one uh, get in there before and at large. So, it doesn't happen much. But I mean, there are some other things uh, they, they they look at too. And uh, I mean, but back to the uh, the you know the Vanderbilt West Virginia thing. And this is this is why they they don't just look at the NET. I think they they have downgraded the SEC some this year just because LSU and South Carolina are having bad years. I don't think it's a strong um, either, Bruce. I don't think so either, but I think uh, it's not that much behind the Big Twelve. Um, there's no There's no reason Vanderbilt should be that much below West Virginia. That's that's a name, and um, the Big Twelve SEC challenge SEC held its own. Uh, so yeah, Big Twelve's a little better, but it's not this uh, Godzilla the way uh, the way uh, you're hearing some of these pundits talk about it. Having said that, I still think they'll probably. You know, they'll take seven or eight Big 12 teams for sure into the dance. And uh, you'll probably get uh, close to that many from uh, the, the Big the Big Ten. I actually think might get more teams than the uh, Big 12. There's more Big Ten entries, of course, Big Ten members than the Big 12. But I, I actually think the Big Ten would be my vote as the league that will get the most teams in the dance.
0: NET uh, certainly has uh, – they also do their conference uh, power ratings, and uh, the Big 12 is, is clearly number one um but uh with an, uh, an a non-conference winning percentage of 83% a uh, second is the Big 10 at 78% third is the SEC uh at 73.3% uh non-conference winning percentage 129 and 47 so we will see we'll see what uh happens there uh let's look at the uh, the conference tournaments now and let's start off with the ACC and um well the Duke Blue Devils are hot. They have closed out very strong. They are the favorite at Bet Rivers at plus two sixty. Miami and Virginia, the co-champions of the regular season. Miami's plus three twenty five. Virginia plus three fifty. North Carolina six to one. Clemson plus seven fifty. Pitt at plus twelve dollars. NC State plus thirteen dollars. Virginia Tech plus thirty two hundred. Bruce, how do you see the ACC tournament?
1: Well, it's never any fun to pick Duke. So I won't, <laughs> uh, but uh, even though it's in Greensboro this year, and I'm glad it's in Greensboro when they, they've been playing this tournament you know in Brooklyn last year in Washington, this is back to its roots at the Greensboro Coliseum. That's where they played that great 74 overtime game between Maryland and NC State, which prompted the NC2A to start letting more than one team from a conference into the dance the next year in 75'. So there's some history here and that's good, and that's where the ACC is based. All those teams you mentioned are, are very interesting here, and I'm not sure Clemson is the best team in the ACC, but they're my pick to win this thing, and this is a little bit off the wall. But this tournament last year produced a surprise winner, and that was Virginia Tech when it was up in Brooklyn. Uh, having an experienced roster here and having being sort of on the cut line there, apparently, if, if you can believe the mock brackets and what we're seeing as far as Clemson is concerned, uh, they're going to be approaching this with a lot more urgency than a Duke Uh, than a Miami or a Virginia I'm not sure Clemson's the best team I don't think it is I think Miami's probably the best team really in the ACC but Clemson's desperate here and I like the experience factor they've got a couple of go-to scorers Hunter Tyson is a very very solid scorer at forward Uh, PJ Hall so they've got some size up front Tyson's very versatile Um, and uh, I think Clemson's a team that can come through here get a very decent price on Clemson and like I said It's urgent time for Clemson. They have to win this thing to be assured of uh, getting in the dance. And uh, so I'm going to take a stab with the Tigers and Brad Brownell in the ACC.
0: Clemson at plus 750. You've also put us together a shot, a sleeper, uh, in all of the tournaments. And uh, you're looking at the Hokies here.
1: Yeah, they did it last year. Now, lightning to strike twice would be a little tough, but uh, they they have some uh, some pop here. They've still got some guys in Couture and Padula in the backcourt and Mutz down low who were around for that run last year. They've also added Grant Basili, the big 6'9 kid from Wright State. Very, very unique. I mean, he goes out and shoots at the perimeter. He turned to their leading scorer. Uh, So the pieces are there, and Mike Young is a good tournament coach. So at 32-1, to there are worse long shots to take a a chance with here. And Virginia Tech did it once last year. They seem to like the tournament setting, so I think we have to keep an eye on them as a long shot here.
0: All right, let's move on to the American. The biggest favorite of any conference is the Houston Cougars at minus 375 at Bent Rivers to win the American. So anybody else is going to be a little bit of a shot. Memphis, who gave them a tough game and got – uh, went to the final last year, but got it uh, handed to them pretty good uh, by Houston, plus $5. Cincinnati, plus $16. The two lane Greenies, at, uh, plus $16. Central Florida, 30 to 1. Wichita State, 35 to 1. The American uh, athletic, ac- athletic Conference.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're playing this in, a, in Fort Worth this week at that uh, nice Dickies Arena. And, uh, houston I, I i this isn't too creative to pick houston again but i just don't see houston losing here although memphis did push them in that game on a sunday and they had a couple of close calls temple did beat them this season but that's the only loss they had in league play and i think irrespective of what happens in fort worth this week jimmy uh houston's going to be on the top line in its region they're going to be a number one seed right. so They're a little bit more vulnerable in that regard because it's not urgency, but they've been so much better. That defense has been at or near the top in scoring defense nationally all season. Marcus Sasser is an All-American. Kelvin Sampson has won this thing before. So they just seem to have outclassed the rest of this league so much. Um, I mean, if I'm not picking Houston, who, who am I am picking here? So I'm going to stick with the favorite and not be too creative here just because I don't see any other viable team to, to think can actually win this thing in Fort Worth.
0: All right. Uh, if you had to take a sleeper, Bruce?
1: Cincinnati uh, playing better lately. Uh, hung around with uh, Houston, and it's it's a recent game. And uh, West Miller looks like he's got that thing on the right track. Uh, Cincinnati will be an NIT team if they don't. Win this thing, but uh, Cincinnati is one. Uh, Memphis, I think, is probably safely in the field. Uh, so, a little less urgency for Memphis too. So, Cincinnati would be a one I'd keep an eye on.
0: All right, let's go to the Atlantic Ten Conference. Dayton is the favorite at plus one thirty-five. Second choice, Virginia Commonwealth at plus one eighty. Third choice, St. Louis five to one. Duquesne eight to one. Fordham fourteen to one. Davidson a shot at
1: thirty-five to one. Yeah, I. I ended up with Dayton here, and I don't want to just say I'm going with the favorite uh, because they didn't achieve uh, in the regular season like a lot of people thought. This is sort of a trendy pick uh, in the preseason for a lot of people. Uh, most of the, the parts were back for Anthony Grant from uh, last year, uh, but they started to lose some games early, and they sort of disappointed. I mean, they were 12-6 and 6 in, in, in the A-10 Uh, and they Virginia Commonwealth won this this uh, regular season crown with room to spare however uh, this is a chance for Dayton to uh, redeem itself Uh, I Darren Holmes is still the best player I think in the league and he's a very tough matchup at 610 who can do a lot of different things so uh, I think after a disappointing regular season this is Dayton's chance for redemption. Uh, they don't have an at-large bid waiting for them. This is probably a one-bid league. So I think uh, Dayton, I would make, is the favorite. I think they can rise up here and do it, and I'd make them a favorite uh, over VCU to win this thing.
0: All right, and as far as a long shot, a sleeper? Uh,
1: D- Davidson, uh, it's, Matt, it's uh, Bob McKillop's son, Matt, who is now the coach, okay, uh, but they've got a couple of the same components from last year. Uh, they weren't as consistent as a year ago, but they could rise up, and they do have some tournament experience, so I think Davidson's a long shot to watch.
0: You know, the the America we talked about Houston, too. Don't you get the feeling that Samson is going to uh, hand the baton off to his son when he eventually uh, you know, g- calls it quits? It seems like he's very active uh, on the bench uh, for the Houston Cougars.
1: Yeah, I, I think... I almost think that's been unaf- I don't think I don't know if it's been officially Oh really? Oh god. Okay. but but there's no like date certain uh right. that that's going to be but uh he's going to hand it off to his son. Not think, that yeah, I'm, right I'm
0: pushing me. Kelvin out the door or anything but it just <laughs> yeah. it seems like for an assistant uh he's very it does. uh very involved. Uh, in uh, in end game uh, adjustments. Mountain West Conference, Bruce, the San Diego State Aztecs. Here they are again. Uh, plus 135, the favorite to win the Mountain West. Utah State second choice at plus 375 at Bent Rivers. Boise plus 390. Nevada plus 625. New Mexico, they've had some tough losses. Plus 950. This one is one of several conference tournaments in Las Vegas in your backyard.
1: Yeah, I think I'll be there at some point uh, this week at the Thomas and & Mac, and there are, you know, if you look at the mock brackets throughout the season, I mean, there were, you know, five teams from the Mountain West appearing for most of the season or for much of the season in, in, in the mock brackets, and I don't think they'd ever get five in the tournament, but four is possible. Uh, Nevada had a tough go last week and I think really is on the bubble, losing to Wyoming and UNLV like that, but I'm going to pick the team that was hottest down the stretch Utah State, which might, which NET in the in the mid twenties right now, you would think that would be strong enough for an at large. If you look, There's a good test for the NET if they do, if they don't take Utah State. Uh, but I, I think the NET will will help Utah State. Some of their non conference wins look better in retrospect. Um, very hot down the stretch, though they shoot threes very very well, over forty percent. They're fourth in the country shooting threes. They had that very tough loss to San Diego State the second time they played the Aztecs, so they did get swept by San Diego State. But they're in every game. They took out Boise, very dangerous last week, by 13 up at at home. Uh, they get support in Las Vegas as they come down from uh, Logan. So the U-Tags are the team I I, I think to beat here, and uh, they're playing well down the stretch. And they certainly come into the tournament not uh, guaranteed of anything. They're they're sort of riding the bubble into Vegas, so. There's some urgency attached to the U tags as well. So I'll look at Utah state and the sleeper here. You mentioned New Mexico. Yeah, you're right. They found different ways, new and creative ways to lose games this year. Uh, However, and they finished eight and 10 in mountain West play, but this was the last undefeated team in the country into January. And they do have a a healthy cast back now since Jalen house returned in the backcourt, one of the best on ball defenders in the, in the country and top ball stealers in the country. And they are well-supported in Las Vegas. So, New Mexico is a team I would watch as a sleeper here.
0: All right. Uh, let's go to the Pac-12, Bruce. And, um, well, if you have a team like UCLA who is even money uh, and could very well have their number one seed secure, they won the Pac-12 by four games. It's pretty good when you got teams like uh, like Arizona uh, in there as well. Arizona uh, is second choice at plus 150 a hot team down the line, I know that you're looking for, uh, is Washington State at plus 1900 here in the Pac-12 tournament.
1: UCLA is not going to win this tournament, um, and because of some of the things you mentioned, no urgency now. They are there's a lot of momentum, and they're not up to number two in the polls now. By the way, isn't that interesting? It looks like 1968 all over again. Houston, UCLA, one-two heading into March. And uh, UCLA ended up winning it all that year. So the Bruin fans would love that to, to repeat. But with Jalen Clark uh, injured in the game last week against Arizona, which UCLA won uh, in the home finale on Saturday, uh, and he's probably out for the tournament here, and we're not even sure if he's going to get back for the dance, uh, this hurts UCLA because he is well their best defender. He's their second-leading scorer. And I dare say, well, you would say you know, Haquez and, and Tiger Campbell, you know, the most valuable guys in the Bruins. Clark is right there. Uh, add it all up. I don't think UCLA wins this tournament. I'm gonna pick Arizona for one other reason. There we know about Tubelis and how good he is and the size and the matchup problems they cause. They did slip a couple of times. However, uh, they turned the fans turn T Mobile Arena into McHale Center North. I went to a final game here few years ago against USC 19,000 people and there were about 50 USC fans and everybody else was from Arizona there are more seats up here than they have McHale Center so a lot of Arizona fans who can't get in in Tucson will come up to this tournament they will pack the place and they cause a lot of matchup problems and UCLA without Clark I'm telling you is not going to win this tournament so Arizona is my team and I would watch Washington State all of that length. They've got Uh Bamba scored a career high 36, uh, recently, uh, Muhammad gate. I mean, they have got length and athleticism. They won a game at Tucson. They should have beat UCLA at home. They did beat USC at home. They're playing well down the stretch. They went to the NIT final four last year. Um, this is a team to watch, so they're my sleeper team in the Pac-12 Washington State.
0: Uh, Cougars at 19-1 to 1, uh, at BetRivers Rivers uh, right now. Uh, a few individual games. Uh that we're uh, looking at tonight. First of all, uh, Notre Dame uh, was one of the poor, one of the worst cover teams in college basketball this year, but they did end on a pretty good stretch, including a double-digit win against Pitt in Mike Bray's last game uh, in South Bend. They go to Clemson, they get routed on the last game of the regular season. Now here's Virginia Tech, as we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, minus seven against the Irish.
1: Yeah, and uh, Notre Dame's kind of not as bad, bad because they they played a little bit better down the, the stretch and of course they circled the wagons that one game for Bray now they were covering numbers they weren't always winning these games but they certainly did for Bray and they came against Pitt then they went flat against uh, Clemson and got blown out on uh, Saturday Bray by the way uh, he's, he's stepping away he says he's not retiring he's not retiring to Rehoboth Beach in his Delaware Beach House, he wants to coach. And there's a rumor out there that if Georgetown hits the eject button on Patrick Ewing, that maybe Bray lands at Georgetown. So stay huh. tuned. Now, the, the, but the one thing here, uh, we're, we these teams played a few weeks ago in South Bend, a pretty high-scoring 93-87 game. We talked about some of those weapons that Virginia Tech has. They've been going over pretty consistently here for the past month. Didn't last weekend, but nine and three the last twelve. Way over in that game at South Bend. Total is only sitting in the mid 140s here, Jimmy. Uh, I think, and and Notre Dame with Goodwin in them does have some offense. I think this one gets over the total uh, in uh, in Greensboro today. Uh, so that's actually one of my top picks today. Over the total, Notre Dame-Virginia Tech. Uh,
0: uh, talking about overs, um, strong trend in the Big Sky tournament. Overs are 6-0. and Bruce headed into tonight's semifinals.
1: Yes, every game has been over thus far, and, the, and a couple of them tonight look kind of interesting. They got that total pretty low at the Montana State uh, uh, game against Weber State. I'm looking a little bit more at that Northern Arizona uh montana game tonight uh, is one that might go over low 140s there uh, a real thrill game for northern arizona the other night hitting that buzzer beater uh, to knock out the top seed um eastern washington oakland fort hits the three-pointer 81 to 80 uh these games have been going in the 70s and 80s uh, montana just scored 83 last night in the game against uh, idaho Jalen Cohn, a transfer from Virginia Tech, is really hot for uh, Northern Arizona. Now, he had to sit out a lot of the second half with foul trouble in that game on Sunday night against Eastern Washington. But if you get him for nearly 40 minutes, that's their top scorer. And they, they still pulled out the game with uh, with against uh, Eastern Washington with Cone missing some action. So there's some scores on the court, low 140s. This one goes over up in Boise tonight.
0: All right, and, and one more game. and. Well, you want to talk about betting options? There are 102 uh, prop bets for the Fairleigh-Dickinson-Merrimack game. Bruce, you're not going to give us opinions on all 102, but the line is Merrimack 4 and 138 at Bet
1: Rivers. Sign of the approaching apocalypse, maybe, if we've got 102 (laughs) betting options here. Here's the deal. Uh, uh, This is sort of like uh, the, the, the walkout fight of a boxing card. Uh, because the main event happened on Saturday when Fairleigh Dickinson, which by the way was four and 22 last year, beat St. Francis PA to effectively and actually win the bid from the Northeast because Merrimack on the other side uh, in its last year, transitioning to D one, I hope they all it's five years. I think that's too long. They are ineligible for the big dance or the NIT. They let them participate in the tournament this year. And, uh, they're they're hot. They've won 10 in a row. And because they're the opponent for Fairleigh Dickinson in the final, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson gets the bid no matter what happens tonight. So Seth Greenberg can share his alma mater in this game. But Merrimack is very hot, has won 10 in a row. Jordan Miner and Ziggy Reed, very, very versatile forwards, have been a great one-two punch, sort of alternating being the top scorer every game. 10 straight wins uh covered again on uh in in the game on saturday they're at home on their home court uh for them they're sort of playing for a bid for the cbi or maybe the the basketball classic which they were in last year so uh the the motivation here i think is all on the home team side they'd love to win and stick it to the nec for not uh uh, for for well not actually stick it they let they let them play in the tournament this year but to let, let everybody know you know they belong in the postseason somewhere. Fairly Dickinson's got the bid. I lay the point to Merrimack. It's a pretty sh- short number in this one tonight.
0: All right, and you've got uh, one more shot in the wide-open Big Ten. And when your your favorite at uh, plus 150 in Purdue, your regular season champion, who has been ranked number one at uh, multiple times uh, this season, um, has basically come down a stretch, and six out of the last seven games have been you know, down to the wire losing four of them um so that creates some value other places and every time you th- seem seem it seems like a team is going to make a run they don't it's just it is just one big clump to the point where uh Indiana went from the eight seed to the three seed by holding on to their victory against Michigan uh, this past weekend you're looking at a traditional power a brand name that uh, has some unusual value in the big Ten tournament
1: I am. I, I think Michigan State's the team I, I would watch, and they were actually playing uh, a better down the stretch. Um, and this is not unfamiliar territory for Tom Izzo. He's won this tournament before. They seem to be peaking like they normally do uh, here late February and early March. Uh, watch the sophomore wing, Jaden Akins. He's turning into a new scoring threat for them. But I like, uh, I, I like the uh, – uh, the the uh, experience on this team, you've got several transfers there, like Hauser, you know, now fifth year players, so they've been here before. So I think they're very live. I don't think Purdue is going to win this tournament. In fact, I don't think Purdue's as good as it was last year. I've been saying that for weeks. Uh, when they had Jaden Ivy, uh, NBA lottery pick, just had 13 assists for the Pistons last night. They don't have anybody close to to Ivy on the team this year. It's Zach Eady. A couple of freshman guards i mean they're not bad they're not as good as they were last year so i think purdue keep this in mind when we get to the uh, the big dance too I, I think they are an early upset possibility uh and michigan state is the side i'm picking to win this tournament and as a sleeper watch nebraska fred hoiberg is saving his job they have beaten many contenders here the last few weeks and they just keep on winning so who knows maybe they can do a little bit more uh, work in chicago this week
0: 95 to 1 and not plus 9500 at Bet rivers on the nebraska huskers uh michigan state uh i think their branding is kind of keeping their odds a little bit their their third choice uh to win this thing at uh, plus 600 playing better how about shooting 83 percent from three in regulation yes we did not cover it the five and a half there Bitter I party of one. Your table yeah. over here. For, uh, yeah. And look, Bruce, uh, Bruce and Paul Stone, next week as we break down uh, the first full days, all the matchups, Thursday a.m., Thursday p.m. Uh, podcast, Friday a.m., Friday p.m. podcast earlier in the week. So you can uh, – we. Listen, these guys know all three hundred and thirty some odd. What is it now, Bruce? Three fifty four or something like that.
1: It's that's three sixty three. Three
0: sixty three. There you go. Three sixty three. Uh, in Division One, we will break them all down for you. We've been covering it for quite some time, so stay tuned to uh, for the uh, Bet Rivers Network for that next week. For Bruce Marshall, I'm Jimmy Odd, the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.